We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, RBC, Canadian Open, research, picks, preview, course, guess the odds, we got it all for you. Here's what you need to do first, smash the like and comment anything. Probably your sleeper, your best sleeper for this 156-man field. We're not getting enough comments. We need to boost the algorithm here, and the more you can leave a comment, the better it's going to be for me. So, fantastic stuff. Sub to the newsletter as well. That's completely free down in the description. But here's the thing. Two listeners leagues for you, not to choose from, just playing both of them. Max them out, okay? Canadian Open Listeners League down in the description. U.S. Open DraftKings Listeners League down in the description as well. Right now, we got that in advance. It's very nice of them. There's over $100,000 of rake-free guaranteed money flat payout structure. It is the best tournament you're going to find on DraftKings for any of the major champions. I mean, it's the best tournament you're going to find weekly, be it PGA or NFL, because of the rake-free nature and the flat payouts. But over 100 k guaranteed in that prize pool is pretty awesome. We need to fill that as quickly as possible to ensure that we max it out again for the Open Championship. We had no problem with the Masters. We had no problem with the PGA Championship. So please do your thing. Let's get it out there and fill it up as quickly as possible. Don't sleep on the Canadian Open, the third oldest Open Championship in the world, my homeland. Uh, it's a course that we've never seen before as a PGA Tour event. It's Jeff Feinberg's home course of Oakdale CC, and we'll take a look at that in the minute along with the field. But again, it's a full field, 156. So it's going to be very hard to get your 6-6 six six through, so you're going to need to find those sleepers, which is why I want to hear from you guys in the comment section about all of that, because I might have to tail some of these sleepers, because I really don't know exactly how this course is going to play. So let's go take a look at Oakdale. Dale right now. It's 27 holes on the course. You can find all of this up on the Oakdale site. It's not a long course whatsoever. Like taking a look at it, 7,264 yards, par 72. Three par fives, three par threes. And all the par threes come just in a jumbled section after you make the turn if you play at one through 18. Uh, they're bent grass greens with a POA blend in them. So pretty typical for uh, Southern Ontario. Sometimes you get full POA. Sometimes it's bent mixed with POA. Kentucky bluegrass rough. And as, as you can kind of see here, I mean, this is the opening hole, the par four. Uh, actually, no, this is what number four uh, that we're looking at right now. Uh, it's, you know, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble here. All people have said 
is the rough is going to be incredibly thick, almost as a U.S. open preview when it comes down to a lot of this stuff. Uh, and you can see the landing areas are pretty thin. <clears throat> uh, there's a few dog legs, and I don't think that these videos accurately represent the elevation changes that we're seeing a lot of elevated greens that we're hitting into here. So if you can just keep the ball on the fairway, you're not going to have very many long approaches. There's a lot of short holes here. The most difficult stretch I would guess has to be this three through six stretch. And they're combining different holes of the three nine hole courses that are at Oakdale. So it's very similar to the rocket mortgage, what they do for Detroit country club when they mix and match the East and West courses of the Donald Ross design there. Uh, see, th this one is going to be incredibly tough. I mean, this one is a hole six, is a par four, and it plays 463 yards. It can play as long as 539. So some days I think it is going to play a little bit longer, so don't be too bewildered by how short the course seems. There's going to be plenty of holes, um, as you can see with like one and two. You know, 379, 384. There's a lot of those ones, but they're not particularly drivable. And then you're going to have your option on a lot of them as there's a lot of rough in between the fairway and the green. And there's no real runoff areas on the green. It just goes directly into the thick rough. So a lot of guys are going to have to figure out what their appetite for the rough is going to be. Because let's say on number one. 379 yards, you have that space in between the fairway and the green. You can just kind of drive it into that hill if you think you're going to get a pretty good line, just chip it up 30 yards onto the green. I mean, that's going to be a strategy, I think, for some people this week, or everyone's just going to hit a five wood and lay up to 100 yards and just see how good their wedges are going to be that week. And that way it ensures that you're going to keep it in the short grass, get as much spin as you want. I personally think that guys are going to destroy this course uh, unless the rough is so thick that that it really becomes problematic, but you're going to be looking at like a wedge. Tread water on the longer par fours, and like you see, almost you can see right now here on this par five, there's a lot of par fours that are structured in the same way where you have that runoff area into the rough before the greens, uh, and you're going to have to pick your poison with it. Like there's not much water on the course. You can get yourself into problems with some of these little creeks that run up the side of some of the fairways, but there's nothing too detrimental when it comes to the water hazards on this course. Not a whole lot of bunkering uh, either, as we've seen with a lot of courses recently. So overall, there's three par threes. The average distance is only 191 yards. It's 193, 208, and 172, uh, and that's hole 9, 11, and 14. So you're going to hit them all. Here's number nine on the screen right now. I mean, they don't look uber challenging. Like, this one's just downhill from an elevated tee box, so it's probably just going to be like a flick wedge or a nine iron in, even though it's only 193 yards. I guess depending on how the wind and the weather holds up. The weather actually looks quite good in Toronto this week. The par fours, there's 12 of them. The average distance is only 421 yards. There are five par fours that measure under 400 yards. And of the fours on the back nine, they all come in at one or 408 yards per hole. So three, four, and five. Three, four, five, and six are the long par fours. After that, I don't think that there's another one that 
measures over yeah, there's 17 is the next longest one and it measures 432 yards now they can play around with the tee boxes a little bit uh when it comes to it but you can lose your ball here no problem if you get off the beaten path uh, as you can see on this par three now the par three is probably not going to be that problematic unless you like ro- hit, hit a bad fade or rope hook it to the left here but like you're just down if you hit it into these treed areas chances are you're probably not coming out with your ball you're gonna have to take a penalty somewhere so i guess that's the one protection that this course is going to have but that's normally like against me not normally against the pros who are you know just much better the average distance of the par fives is 546 yards the one we're looking at right now is the par 5 12 553 yards and it's just basically straight away just i mean you can miss to the right you can hit into that other fairway but I, unless you end up with tree trouble, it's hard to see, like, this looks like it's probably going to be the easiest hole on the course. Uh, the pin can be tucked away back to the left around those trees uh, for a bit more difficult approach shot. If it's a third or a second, if it's a second, it would be a bit more difficult. But I don't envision there being too many problems with much of this. Uh, I would guess that the guys are going to be able to get there in two on all three of them maybe not I guess depending on the winner how the setup goes but again I, I think that minus 25 is going to win this if someone's just playing great all four rounds they're going to rip this place absolutely apart and you're going to need probably inside 125 yard approach shots and putting if you can do those things well which really does open up this field a lot not to say that Rory can't just go out hit driver straight and absolutely demolish this place but we did see uh you know across town at Royal St. George's last year that the rough was a real problem that course is much more difficult uh generally speaking than Oakdale is but that's what we're looking at right now um so as we continue to scroll through the course you can see there's a lot of like again a lot of elevated landing areas a lot of elevated greens and there's a lot of elevated tee boxes too where you kind of hit from above into the valley and then back up to the green this one's more of a gradual uphill uh type this is the par 4 424 on the back i mean great views of the city in the background it's actually a really nice course in the area of town that it's in is a real rough area of town it's kind of funny that this is just weirdly located in the middle of it all um and i mean i'm not going to be there this week but i know jeff's going to be there epat's going to be there a lot of the canadian golf crew is going to be on site if you want to go say hi to some of those people Rory's going for a three-peat, which would be pretty amazing, considering it was that he won in Hamilton, then it was two years off of COVID, then he came back and won at St. George's last year. To win three consecutive Canadian Opens at three separate courses would be kind of crazy uh, to think about it. In 2019, when it was at Hamilton, that was a really fun one. I really liked that course, Hamilton, Hamilton GC. Uh, Rory won with a Sunday 61. But the top five putters for the week were all inside the top five on the leaderboard. And that's what you're going to see a lot in a lot of these birdie fests, that if you're not putting well, I mean, at most tournaments, if you're not putting well, you're not going to win. But I just don't envision this being difficult enough to really have a Scotty Scheffler type week where you gain 17 strokes tee to green and you break even with the field and putting and that's still good enough to win I think you're gonna have to gain probably at least three strokes putting and that that would be if your tee to green game especially your approach game is going to be off the chart so that really does expand the field and with 156 players now it's an open championship so you know I 
Neil Ryan is trying to qualify uh, this Sunday for the Canadian Open. Uh, he's sponsored by Mayo Media Network. Uh, he's my golf instructor, so I sponsored his uh, mini tour, Atlantic tour, and he has a chance to get himself in. Just needs one hot round on a Sunday to get into the tournament. So that would be pretty exciting. So uh, hopefully we can see Neil Ryan at $6,000 on DraftKings uh, when everything is released. We can bet him 1000 to 1 or something like that. I think it would just be cool to see him on TV and rocking the MMN logo on his hat and his shirt. That would be fantastic news. This is a pretty cool finishing hole. I mean, they say it's going to be a par 4 playing 500. Uh, and yes, actually, it's going to be a par 5 playing 495. Six. So uh, the way that they've routed everything, they're going to end with this par five. And it looks like eagles galore. Unless you hit it in that little river snaking through, uh, it's going to be kind of fun. I'm actually quite excited. I recorded uh, an interview last or already for next week at LA Country Club. Uh, the research show will come out on Friday. So once again, play in both listeners leagues as we get down to everything. So let's jump on over to Fantasy National. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself in. If you do the weekly right now, you will get yourself in for the U.S. Open as well. So you might as well take advantage of the 20% off. Make it 8 bucks to get both tournaments. Do all your research. Generate all your lineups. Check out the ownership percentages. We're not going to have any stats for Oakdale because they've never played a tournament here in the past. So that is something that we have to keep in mind when we're building everything out. Just a quick scan of the field. It's actually quite good. Uh, so you have a lot of Europeans and Team RBC guys, and then a lot of Canadians, obviously. But we got Rory, you got Hatton, Rose, Fleetwood, the gal is an RBC guy. Matt Kuchar's playing, Fitzpatrick's playing, Sam Burns, another RBC guy. Obviously, Corey Connors is going to play because it is a Canadian tournament. No Canadian has won this since Pat Fletcher in 1954, so it's been a while. I think the closest, I'm trying to think of the closest ones in my lifetime that a Canadian has actually come close to winning at this event. And we're losing in the playoff in 2004 to VJ. It seemed like VJ was trying to let him win, and we just couldn't take it from him. There was one of the years at Glen Abbey. I think it was the year that Jason Day won, uh, 2005, I want to say. Maybe it was one of the Vegas years, but David Hearn was very firmly in the mix. And Adam Hadwin almost won. It was the first time I had ever heard of Adam Hadwin. He was in the mix at Shaughnessy, which is out in BC, which... Honest to God is a tremendous course for the Canadian Open, and I guess they, they just really want to center everything around Toronto. I, I know the President's Cup is going to Montreal, but I don't think it's it's been since 2014 since the Canadian Open was played at the Blue Course at Royal Montreal, and now the President's Cup is going there, but I would love to go back to Shaughnessy golf club it was super hard i don't think that the players liked it uh i know that the canadian open has been trying to get on a course called the national uh, in ontario but the members don't want it there it's one of the hardest courses in canada so uh, it would be interesting to see because i think just the week before the u.s open the canadian open providing a very stiff test to the field uh, I think would be welcome uh, for people getting prepared for everything. We saw a little bit of that last year at Royal St. George's. And if they do grow this open to U.S. Open rough, then you know maybe we can have you know another conversation about this. But other guys in the field. Ben Ann's playing some good golf. Matt McNeely is playing. You got Hadwin. Moronk is in on a sponsor's exemption because he's in the U.S. Open, so he's coming over. Shane Lowry is going to be playing in this field. You know, Mac Hughes, Mark Hubbard's on a really nice run right now. This could be a really good Mark Hubbard tournament, to tell you the truth. We'll see how he finishes off at Memorial. Uh, but obviously, he's been putting the lights out, putts better on bent than anywhere else. And generally, the things that, you know, kill him, the strokes gained off the tee, 
Now, if he can straighten it out a little bit and just hit some fairways, he might be good to go here. We see out the RBC Heritage, he played really well in terms of his approach in putting. It's gotten only better since then, so Hubbard's riding a heater right now. We'll take a look back at Memorial this week, too, from everything that we've seen. I'm recording this in full disclosure on a Saturday morning, so we only have the two rounds worth of data and whoever's actually teed off so far this afternoon. I saw Taylor Pendrith teed off. He's not doing well. I know this. He's in one of my lineups. Had a great Friday, though, to get himself through the cut line. Nikolai Hoygaard in the field. Aaron Wise is going to be playing. So, again, this is a much better field uh, than maybe you would think. Aaron Cockrell, I actually think, is somewhat intriguing here. Um, Everyone's going to want to – Canadians are going to want to play Canadians, although DraftKings is not legal at the moment in – Ontario, but Cockrell's actually been playing very good amongst the Canadian players. It's just a lot of people don't know who he is because he generally plays on the European tour, but he's been on a fantastic run. You know, 13th, 2nd, 21st, 16th, 10th. And, you know, the Italian Open might be actually a pretty decent crossover, harder than what we're going to see at Oakdale. But I think it's set up rather similarly with, you know, the narrower fairways. Scoring is available if you are playing well. Uh, and if you start getting off the beaten path, then you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So I wouldn't say that's necessarily I mean, Moronk won. So, I mean, you know I'm back in Moronk this week, my guy. But, you know, Nikolai Hoygaard finished inside the top five there this week or that week. Uh, he's in the field this week. You see Cockrell finished inside the top 20. Too bad Jordan Smith hasn't come over. Maybe Wacky Valamaki should have got himself into the field. Yeah, he goes playing. Lingmurth is playing. C.T. Pan is back in the field. He's played well at some of these, like, shorter style courses in the past. See how he's been up what he's been up to. He was fourth at the Byron Nelson after missing so much time. He hadn't played since Mayakoba with a wrist injury, came back at Heritage, Wells Fargo, didn't play all that great, then spiked to fourth and played great across the board. So maybe C.T. Pan, uh, someone lower down on the list, is someone that we can get behind. Uh, Moronk is playing. I don't think that I, uh, Ludwig Eiberg is a amateur anymore. I think this is a professional start for him. I don't, I don't don't have that on the best authority. Uh, I suppose I can do that in real time, but now I need to use a different screen to go look at all of this stuff, log in, check in the field. Uh, but he played really well at API earlier this year. Now, a lot of that was putting-based, obviously, but when you're the world's number one ranked amateur, we're seeing Sam Bennett already play well in his first pro start at the Memorial this week. Aberg is you know, collectively known as a better prospect than him we can take a look at his uh, overall stats and tr- see what he's played so far uh let's see he made the cut at the Valisbury, he made the cut at the arnold palmer missed the cut a year ago at valero so he's played in some tournaments he's gained on approach in both of his starts this year and you know the arnold palmer is a real big boy field when it comes down to it that was an elevated event and he acquitted himself quite well that is not the view of the scorecard or the field that i want to do their pga tour media site Let's see. I, I don't see an amateur next to Aberg, so maybe he did try. I mean, maybe if I just Google. Google, good resource, uh, as it turns out. Move it. Aberg turned pro? Question mark? Let's see. Earns PGA Tour card. Promptly goes. That was three days ago. So he won it out of college as a part of the new rules. Let's see. After dominating the college job scene, Aberg is graduating with a great gig already lined up. The senior finished first in the Final PGA Tour University standings, earned a tour card for the rest of the year and next year. Okay. Two-time Ben Hogan Award winner besides John Rom. I mean, Rom got it going pretty early in his career. I, I think it would be odd to overlook 
him this week. Now, maybe he absolutely flames out in his first pro start, but it is something that we can kind of keep an eye on. Obviously, Revy playing some pretty decent golf at the moment. Who else do we got back here? Uh, Snedeker. Snedeker made the cut at Memorial this week. Didn't realize he was out with a rib injury for the past six months. I think it was golf reporting for you. He had not played since the Fortnite, the first event of the swing season a year ago. But he did make the cut this week in his return at Memorial. And this course should theoretically set up much better for him. How's Reeve been playing? Reeve, uh, the driving wasn't good. And the irons were finally not good for the first time at Colonial. But this does seem like a course where it would more suit his eye um let's see yeah the putting's been great for Shez kind of crazy stuff there Sam Bennett is in the field again I believe he did make the cut at Memorial we can check on that in a little bit uh, but again another very highly ranked former amateur obviously we remember him from the Masters but playing well again at least through one round that I recall he was under par he was one under through one round at Memorial I do believe he ended up making the cut though who else do we have? Anyone at the back end of this field we care about? Grayson just won on the Corn Ferry Tour. But, I mean, does anyone really want to put their money behind Grayson Murray? Didn't think so. Oh, cuss buddy. Michael Block is playing again. I mean, if it's all short game this week, you know, he's the best in the world. So you got to watch out for him. As I mentioned, to Oh, this could be a really good Aaron Rye course. I mean, the guy can't putt. So that's a real problem. Yeah, it's been a while since he actually gained strokes putting anywhere, but lit up Colonial in terms of approach. Can't remember whether or not he made the cut this week. Again, we'll look into that a little bit more. But the shorter courses, although, you know, the shorter courses in my mind stick out to where he should play better, although his results would actually dictate that he played well at the Genesis, a long course at Riviera, API played really well, did play well at the Players, which is a shorter course, played well at the Heritage, another shorter course, in terms of ball striking, uh, Charles Schwab shorter course. So at least now he's trending back towards what you would more or less think from him that, you know, he's not a bomber. He does hit a ton of fairways. He's not getting himself into too many problems here. So that, I suppose, is something to look for. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's, let's dig into a model here and see what we can do. Uh, I tweeted out early on Sunday morning when I showed the ranks and just had the absolute biggest goobers possible uh, for the tournament. We'll call this Can Open Oakdale because they're coming back here in 2026. So you know, hopefully I'm still in the game long enough that we can take a look at this model again or at least tweak it once we have a bit more information on what's going on. But this is I just threw this in. It's like, oh, it's going to be a short course. So like 125 and in and par four is 300 to 400 yards. And this is what it gave me. Obviously, we're going to build out a real one. And I had people like semi-triggered on Twitter. It's like, I can't believe that 
you're running stuff and these are the guys that came out it's like all right guys like it's just a joke i didn't even show you what the stats were gonna be but it's like brennan todd <laughs> essentially i think ends up like number one on these lists let's see actually it's still rory no matter how you pencil it in it's still rory uh rory ben martin austin cook cooch hatton paul haley the second sung you'll know hammer and hank Libiota. Ryan Moore, Patton Kazire. You got some Eric Cole. This could be a decent Eric Cole course, actually, now that I think about it. Michael Kim just been playing some good golf. Take a look at these guys. Obviously, Lipsky was playing tremendous golf uh, at Memorial. We'll see how he ends up finishing, but it's interesting to see that this is where he kind of checks out. I mean, Michael Kim, two top tens and two of his past three starts, one at a big boy course and one at a small one. Eric Cole... Missed the cut at the Charles Schwab and had two nice performances at the PGA Championship before that. What did Lipsky do before Memorial? I guess he had a good Charles Schwab. And that was the first time he had really played well since fourth at the Sony Open. Uh, and now he's having another good week. So interesting to see if he can keep that going. But let's actually build this out. I am going to keep these ones in. I'm just not going to wait them at 33%. We'll go... Five and five in terms of what we're looking for in terms of proximity ranges because we're going to have opportunities gained and we're going to throw in putting stats and we'll try to do the weighting a little bit more down the list. I'm going to put in strokes gained off the tee, but I am going to put an emphasis on fairways gained because I think the fairways mean more than distance this week. I suppose even with the par fives, it looks like you're going to be able to get there no problem anyway. So we'll throw in fairways gained as one of the stats and weight those at well five each actually we'll go 10 on off the tee and then we'll weight it a bit more uh five percent on fairways gain so it's still going to give us the guys that bomb it uh and not completely wax them out um and maybe we can take a look at some of the shorter courses as well once we run through everything to make sure that you know you know we're doing what we can here uh, we'll throw in opportunities gained where are we at opportunities gained? it's under scoring stats isn't it uh, where am I going here? Opportunities gained. And we'll throw in greens and regulation gained over everything as well. Uh, I'm wondering, too, it's really going to be difficult to, to parse, and we're going to see some videos during the week to see how far this rough is actually going to be grown out because they're saying it's really long right now, but they might get squeamish and actually just uh, cut it when it comes down to it. You need to cut it is what they're going to end up telling everyone. Uh, we'll just put in relative strokes gained approach. Always a good thing to throw in as it tends to be the most important stamp. Put that at 20. And we're going to put in putting 5 to 10 feet and 10 to 15 feet. The scoring range for the week. Uh, you're going to have to make your putts from here. So we'll put those at 5 and 5. Now see what we got. How much more do we need to put out? So we'll have 25% to divvy around. So maybe we'll up those to 7 and 7. Give them a bit more weight. Uh, on everything else unless there's really some I'm trying to think of what else i really want to put into these I did mention that the par fives maybe eagles gained yeah let's do that let's throw in eagles gained all that kind of uh, it's an all-encompassing par five type of stat although let's see the par fives are 590 man number 18 is so short 500 errors they gotta make that bigger throughout the course of the week so 553 so maybe we just throw in 550 to 600 and weight that at five percent too because i have a feeling that they're going to push 18 back to be somewhere in that range as we finally get down to the very end of it we'll increase you know we'll bump up strokes gained off the tee just a little bit a little bit on 350 to 400 now what do we got left we got five percent left to chuck around 
Yeah, I'll throw a bit more on opportunities gained in greens of regulation. So it's kind of a bit wonky this week. I don't really know how to attack this, so this is going to be my best guess. This is a prime time to utilize fantasynational.com slash mayo to get that 20% off because you might see it differently than I do. And this just allows you to go in and weight anything what you want. So the two, the three biggest weights that I have are approach at 20%, opportunities gained at 13%, which is another form of strokes gained approach, obviously. Um, and I do have two proximity ranges in here as well, which is more adding to approach. That's why I only have approach at 20 because I have other stats that compensate for that lower rating. Strokes gained off the T, 12% and fairways at 7%, uh, 350 to 400 yard par fours at 7%. Uh, putting from 5 to 10 and 10 to 15 feet, 7 and 8. Par 5s, 550 to 600 at 5%. Uh, greens and regulation gained. I mean, you can call that an approach stat, but you can also call that, I mean, you can call it total driver. You call it good drives gained as well if you want to take that one out. Maybe that's probably a better way to do that. Instead of greens and regulations gained, let's throw in good drives gained, which put it, which puts in uh, driving and greens and regulation combined into one stat. I actually really like good drives gained. I think it's a good stat. And uh, we'll chuck in, in, that in at 70%. And now we'll take a look at the past 50 rounds and see what we got cooking here. Bet you it's Rory. Rory Hatton. Rory Hatton, probably Fleetwood, Matt Fitzpatrick, I'm going to guess are the top four. Looking back at this long of a sample from the past 50 rounds. See if I'm right, see if I'm wrong. Hatton, Connors, Ben Ben Martin, okay. Rory McIlroy and Cam Young, totally spaced on Cam Young being in this tournament. Hadwin, Lowry, Cooch, Davis, Riley, Alex Smalley. Then it's into Ryan Moore, good lord. I guess I didn't wait putting enough for Ryan. Has Ryan Moore secretly been good and I just haven't been paying attention? Is that, he was point, I guess not, he's 0.01% owned in GPPs at Wells Fargo. So I don't think he's been doing great. I guess it's just his approach play. And I have those short proximity ranges. That's 100% what it is. I guarantee you he rates out great in those. Yeah, 11th and 25th. So past 50 rounds to get a better sense of the guys that play really well. You don't get a lot in the bucket from 75 to 150, but it's... You know, it's good to know who's great from there. Austin Cook, Russell Knox, Paul Haley, and Rory all rank inside the top 10 in both categories. If you look back at the past 50 rounds, Lipsky and Bramlett both rate out well, both inside the top 21, because Lipsky is 21st from 100 to 125. I would say that 125 to 125. 100 to 125 is probably more important, but it all depends on the players that can get themselves to their spots. Lowry, very good from that range. Can he make enough putts? You know, probably not is probably what the answer is going to be to Shane Lowry. Can he, if the, if the answer is, if the question is ever, can you make enough putts and Shane Lowry is in the equation outside of like once every three, three years, the answer is probably nah, not going to cut it from that range. Look at Lowry. In the two key putting ranges, 141st and 150th in the field. Not great there, Sugar Shane. Milk's gone bad with the putting stroke. He actually rates out the best past 50. Uh, And we can take a look at the rolling report on a lot of this as well. Maybe that's what we'll do next is take a look at the rolling, see who's getting progressively better in all these numbers that we're putting in. Because the past 50 rounds, I mean, that can go back a long ways. Where does Mad McNeely's past 50 rounds go back to? It goes back to the rocket mortgage from last year. So that's almost a year's worth of data. And I do think that there is more merit sometimes to looking to the 
longer view on some numbers and then the shorter view on other numbers because you do want to get guys that are peaking at the same time too because there's a lot of players right now that you would never even have considered dating back to October of last year like who the hell are these guys and then all of a sudden they're on the tip of your tongue at the moment David Lipsky being kind of a prime example of all of that so the best long-term putters from five to ten feet Gay McNeely the hell has McNeely been up to Sam Ryder hardly newer Lower, Rose. I mean, this could be a very good Justin Rose course. We saw him win in a shorter pebble course earlier. I mean, he's fifth, and he's not great with the shorter wedges, but his approach game has just been overall very on over that time. Todd Father doing pretty well. Fitz, Warinsky, Eri O is up there as well. Fleetwood killing the 5 to 10 foot range. Who's the worst? If there's any good guys who are just terrible from that range. Aaron Rye, worst in the field. Worse than Luke List. Somehow, that, uh, ooh, it's a tough scene there for old Aaron Rye from the birdie range. Sam Stevens hasn't been good. Lingmurth, take me to your Lingmurth. Not doing so well from there. Dylan, woo! I mean, I think Dylan Wu's actually been putting pretty well lately. But if you look over the, yeah, he had been. And then he had that awful stretch from when this goes back to from earlier in this year. So he's turned his putting around. So he is someone, although he did miss the cut and putted very poorly uh, when I backed him, at the Charles Schwab, he is someone that I would consider here just based on how well he's been hitting his irons. And the putter had been trending in a much better direction than it had been earlier in the year. But he's been god-awful <laughs> on the greens. Batia, too, from very close range. My poor guy, Batia, really flamed out. Put it in the drink on 16, trying to make... He was on the number. He was plus four. The cut line was plus three at Memorial. I was looking at it. I was like, man, I would have... I think I ended up... I am a, I'm having a great week on DraftKings. You know, that always happens when you scale back the amount of exposure. But I did tell everyone two weeks ago when I was on with Tambo that my GPP strategy just was not working out for me. So I went back. Instead of playing 75 in the $5, I went to completely maxing 150 in the 50 cent just to get my bearings. And I, you know, tripled my money last week in the 50 50 cent, which isn't a lot of money. Obviously, I want like 230 bucks from 75 that I put in it. Now, you'd like to win a lot more money than that, but I just want to see positive results in the GPP. So from 150 lineups this week, I think I had 57, 57 six of six lineups, and a lot of those hinged on Batia, uh, the ones that were five of six, making it through. And I thought that he was going to get there and then put it and rinsed it on 16, and that was just the end of it. I think he triple bogeyed 16. And he could have taken advantage of the easier number 17 with the conditions on Friday, but didn't work out. You know, guys miss the cut. You don't always have a ton of six of sixes. But if you could give me, sign me up for like 35% six of sixes every single week, uh, I would be into that. And I got a big, I mean, I played $100 single entry in the uh, the 555 person. I'm fourth place right now. I, I have the best non-Justin Suh lineup on the go. So hopefully Mark Hubbard can win this week and I'll be be dancing uh, in the single entries. From, let's see, so McNeely, I want to take a look at McNeely for a second. How has it been? Well, the putting's still been good. At least it was a first, I mean, uh, he's been so bad. How are you so bad? Uh, the funny thing is, like, he was so good off the tee for a stretch, too. But, like, losing three, losing four. And, like, these are not the most difficult driving courses on the PGA Tour. Like, look at this run from this time last year, from January of 2022, basically through August of 2022. He was good off the tee. 
mean, he had one stumble at the PGA Championship. That was really it. Like, I, I don't get what's happened to this guy's driver. Like, the iron play, I mean, that's sporadic as it is. But he's not even having spike weeks anymore. Like, he, if he doesn't putt, he is missing the cut. Even if he does putt a little bit, he still might miss the cut. So it's too hard to back at the moment, although the numbers are really there for him. Eric Cole. Uh, great from inside from 10 to 15 feet great on the par fives I mean those two probably correlate a little bit for him because he's not the longest player so he probably has a lot of birdie putts from 10 to 15 feet on par fives he's making a ton of them which is increasing his scoring Svensson the same way as well Aberg he's been pretty good from that range Sam Burns very good from that range this strikes me as a Sam Burns type course uh Sam Burns did I believe make the cut of Memorial obviously came sixth at the Charles Schwab he's an RBC guy although a lot of chipping uh, from Sam Burns at the Charles Schwab hey any way you want to get it done is good enough for me if I back you for the week uh you can see the putting for Cam Cam Young sorry 10 to 15 feet missed the cut at Memorial uh was not a popular play coming into the week he's been riding the struggle bus a little bit uh and you know the putter has been a primary driver of that just has bad weeks like he's floating in that Luke List territory right now of guys who just simply cannot putt and he's not a, he's not as good tee to green as Scotty Scheffler so that can become somewhat problematic uh PGA Championship was not great for him in terms of tee to green you know 1.7 couldn't chip uh, Wells Fargo. I'd like to see him get his game back together marginally, at least to show something in the right direction. It'd be nice, too, if he could start you know, gaining the 4.6, 3.5, 5.3 off the tee a little bit more, like he had been doing. Like, if you're not going to be able to putt, at least maybe, like, if your upside is, I mean, when was the last time he gained more than a stroke putting? Last year's rocket mortgage, okay, and he came in second place. Like, if you're only going to be breaking even at best with the field, like, you can't be gaining 2.3 strokes off the tee. You need to be gaining 4.6 or 5.3. Like, the other parts of your game have to be so elite to compensate for that that I think he's almost in the Lowry territory where he just can't, Listen, maybe he'll gain eight strokes putting, and I'm completely wrong. But if it's going to be in the neighborhood of you know, going through minus 20, if you're not going to be making the putts, then there's no chance of you being there in the end of it. So that's something to keep in mind uh, when going through everything as well. Long term off the tee, Killa Keith, Luke List, Rory, Davis Thompson. Uh, in terms of the best fairway to off the tee, uh, I mean, most of these guys are all pure distance. You see Connors is inside the top 10 off the tee, uh, top 50 in terms of fairways. Tiddly Dunks, Tyler Duncan, 12th off the tee, 9th. Uh, Aaron Wright, 18th off the tee, 2nd in fairways. James, <laughs> 19th and 19th, one of the better off the tee slash fairway players. Lee Hodges is up there. Someone who actually played. Detroit might actually be the look. For this week, because I remember I backed Lee Hodges in Detroit. He was playing great until he wasn't anymore. You know, that happens at the Rocket Mortgage from time to time. So maybe we can take a look at Rocket Mortgage as a potential comp. Similar region of the world. So you know, that's always good to look at. He came 44th at the Rocket Mortgage. Good Lord. Pretty sure he was in third place, like going into Sunday or going into... Let's see, where are we at here? Lee Hodges. Yeah, yeah, he was he was in second place going into Saturday, 77 on Saturday, where guys were getting low. The winning score was minus 26, and he shot a 77. Give your head a shake, pal. Figure it the fuck out. Not great. Um, you see Finau. Finau actually played well in Canada last year, too. Came in second to Rory. He's Cam Young is in the field. Pendrith was playing much better at that time. That's when he had just returned from injury. 
I don't believe we're getting Jaeger bombs in the field this week. Oh, no, we are getting Steven Jaeger in the field this week. Okay, maybe this could actually be the spot for Steven Jaeger. Is he another one who's on team can't putt? Yeah, I mean, two of the past three he's actually gained on the greens. The approach finally went away at the Charles Schwab. I believe he had a really bad weekend. But other than that, it's been pretty good. You know, the driving's been good. The irons have been good. Anyway, if you're looking for that tier of player, although in this field he may end up being like 40 to 1 or 8,600, that is not so great uh, when we're looking at it. Who else played well here? Spawn played well. See, was not playing Merritt and Hoffman. Probably like the last time Hoffman had a top 10 finish, I would guess. Maybe the last time he had a top 30 finish for Chuck Hoffman. Although the ball striking has been fantastic for him. Now, at Phoenix earlier this year, he was top 20. Dude, like, legit can't putt anymore, which is a real problem. Uh, someone who, on my wedding day, actually, or the day after my wedding was the final round, I had a lot of money on Charlie Hoffman to win the Canadian Open, and he dropped a playoff to Johnny Vegas, the, the second year for Johnny Vegas there. Let's see how Moronk, I mean, Moronk, most of Moronk's work has been on the European tour. Um, I actually like him next week at the U.S. Open. I think that's a really nice course for him at L.A. Country Club. Uh, he had one really bad Arnold Palmer, didn't have a great Masters, but played well at the Honda, played well at the Genesis and the PGA Championship. And if we go to the official World Golf Rankings and look up our guide, the polished giraffe, see how Moronkanonk, the Moronkan Rolla, is doing for us here. He's 45th in the World Rankings, and like he was you know, fifth last week in Holland. He won the Italian Open. I mean, dude's a really good player. Uh, and it's funny with a lot of these European players that they go through their runs and then you don't really hear from them anymore. I think that Guido Migliozzi is kind of like the, the latest prime example, but Higo is kind of on that level too. Like you forget how good Higo won twice on the DP World Tour and then he came over and instantly won on the PGA Tour and you know it's been hit or miss for him since that time. So let's shrink this sample size down. I said I was going to do the rolling report. So let's do that with just our key stats. So we won't be able to see the key stats anymore when we're looking for it, but uh, we will get a sense of guys that have played really well uh, in these key stats trending better throughout the course of time. So we'll take a look at rolling report, let that load up. As you can see, the rolling report may take up to 20 seconds to load. It's a lot of information. It's running the model for 4, 8, 12, 24, 36, 50, 75, and 100, I believe. So... If we got uh, 4, 8, 12, 24, no 36, sorry. I lied about that one. Uh, past 100 rounds. So if we take the longest form view of this over the past year and a half, two years, however long it may be. This is, I mean, this is one of the good ways to test a model, I think. Uh, I mean, you know, I would win more if I truly knew how to do this the best. But if the good players in the tournament are ranking towards the top long term, then at least you're taking in consideration at least the right things, I think, and just to see how they're going to parse out a little bit better over time. So you have Connors, Rory, Lowry, Hatton, Smalley, Riley, Cam Young, the glove, the Glover lovers, Lipsky, Lipsky, a lot of Lipsky, Svensson, List, Hubbard, Aaron Rye. So yeah, you know, the better players in the field are all kind of inside the top 25. You got Fleetwood in there, you got Rose in there, you know, Ben Martin can't be stopped, Ben Martin. When was the last time he was stopped? I used him at Colonial. Putts better on bent than anywhere else, although we used to call him Bermuda Ben. He couldn't chip at Colonial, and a lot of that was weekend stuff. I'll probably go back to Ben Martin this week. I think he could play all right. Does he have any rocket mortgage? We can run rocket mortgage, too. He was 24th the rocket mortgage last year. Good enough for me. 
Let's see here. So let's go to pass 50. We looked at that already. So shrink it down to pass 24. I mean, Connors is essentially inside the top. He's inside the top three. And he had a shit week at Memorial as someone who bet him. I know this. That outside of the past four rounds, where he's still inside the top 30, the past eight rounds, 12 rounds, 24, 50, and 100, he's inside the top three. Now, I don't want to project my own personal life experience onto this too much, but when I was up at Cabot, I really wanted to break 80 on the courses. I fired an 88 day one at the Lynx. The Lynx is a much harder course, and you do have to get lucky with the conditions when you play up there because the Lynx was, I think, 35 mile per hour winds. I just wasn't hitting the ball well either, and I could not for the life of me figure out the greens uh, there. When you when you play on these like sand-based Lynx-style courses and the greens are all like 50 million square feet and it's hard to distinguish between the greens and the fairway because all the all the greens are fescue just like the rest of the course that takes some time to get acclimated to them it was funny just I wasn't able to get any flight on my ball at the links uh, it kind of reminded me of like Morikawa when he complained about the Scottish Open he's like I just can't figure out this turf and I could not figure out the turf day one at the links but the second day we played we played the first five holes and 40 mile per hour winds and then for whatever reason the wind just went away uh so that was fantastic and the course was a little bit softer at the cliff so you could actually flight the ball a little bit better so it, although it was the same grass type the turf itself was manufactured a little bit different it wasn't as firm and fast as the other course and i needed par to shoot 78 on 18 a par 5 uh, and i ended up making double bogey <laughs> because that's it, when it gets into your head and you know where you're at and that's me trying to break 80 when it comes to someone like connor's or a lot of these canadians we've seen them come down the stretch like Listen, is winning the Masters more important? Yes. Is winning the U.S. Open more important? Yes. Is winning the players more important? Probably. You know what? For a Canadian, probably not at this point. Like, where no Canadian has won in over, so I guess it's been 69, nice, years at this tournament. And, like, the the pressure that's that gets put on you if you're anywhere near the mix is a real thing at this tournament and there's just not like Connors is the best Canadian player but you wouldn't put him as an elite player so it really factors in on him and he's been in contention at big tournaments worldwide but no one really cares when he's in contention like the media that he's going to have to do after every round and I mean that that's just at the high end for Corey Connors we saw Weir and Weir was like a top five player in the world at that point he had just won the Masters the year before and he wilted down the stretch like it's just a lot of pressure for these guys so I usually like to avoid a lot of the Canadians even what the stats say I just don't think that pressure gets ratcheted up so sorry for projecting my own like stupid experience onto that but I'm just trying to explain like the pressure that I felt I was just playing against Cust to you know try to do something I set out to accomplish and when I got close like I got nervy I, I hit it in the bunker then I put it off of a cliff it's like oh fuck well there goes that i did have like a 25 footer for bogey uh that wasn't close so didn't end up making that uh so i can't imagine what it's like for these guys when sort of like the weight of a nation is on your back like trying to do this for the first time it, I, I really do think that if a canadian ends up winning this tournament it's going to be from slightly behind in the pack and it's going to be one of the lesser known canadian players like had like within canada for reference like Corey Connors is the biggest name. The second biggest one is probably Hadwin. After that, it kind of drops off. Like, people know Mac Hughes. Virtually no one knows Svensson. I could see Svensson being the one to win it. Honestly, if it's going to be a Canadian, it's probably going to be him. Uh, just because I, I don't think... 
Like, Corey Connors will be treated like he's Tiger Woods. I mean, they kind of treat Rory that way, but Rory, you know, is the closest thing that we kind of have to that playing in this tournament. And he's been the number one player in the world, you know, for periods of time. He's won four majors. Connors, on the other hand, is just not used to that sort of pressure and being put up on this pedestal that I would worry about him a lot. So looking at 24 rounds, it's my little rant about the Canadians in the field. Connors is number one in the stats. Hatton, Ben Martin, Lowry, Rory, Davis, Riley, Sam Stevens is up there as well. Rose, Chez, Reevy, and The Glove all inside the top 10. Batia, Rye, Fleetwood, Cam Young, Kevin Roy. Oh, he's just a sexy Roy. Sexy Roy. He's not your Roy toy. Roy toy. I always prefer the Shawn Michael theme with Sensational Sherry, I think, singing in the background rather than him just doing the voiceover. Uh, But it's been up and down. For Kevin Roy. It was funny to see Paul Haley, the second, end up inside those wedge ranges. I thought that was somewhat interesting. Uh, Benny Ahn is inside the top 20. Hubba Hubbard is up there as well. Carson Young. Maybe it's time to go back to Carson Young again. You know, he did qualify for the U.S. Open in dramatic fashion and did have another good Charles Schwab. So it's what? Four top 25 finishes in his past five starts. Approach has been good. Putting's been good. I mean, that's what we're looking for here. So maybe it is time to go back and take take some action on Carson Young. Curious to see where he's going to be priced out this week. Michael Kim, Matt Kuchar, Svensson. All right. Then we go past 12 rounds, the really short term, to see who is really trending upward. So you see the biggest mover and shaker over the past 100 rounds has been Batia. 47th over the past 100 rounds. 12th, or sorry, 6th. Over the past 12 rounds, Smalley was 5th. Smalley is now 7th. Other big risers, Vince Norman goes from 74th to 11th. Carson Young, 51st to 12th. Ben Ann, 76th to 13th. See Chris Stroud. Chris Stroud, really? I don't even remember him being in tournaments. How is he playing better? Is he just not playing? Corrales, no, he's just not playing all that often. Did have a good, uh, good Byron Nelson. Has always been very good at short courses, just because he's a very good wedge player. Nasty Nate, 35th to 16th. So see how he ended up doing. Who else kind of jumped up the board? Uh, Captain Ramius, Chad Ramey, has also made a really big move, as had Dylan Wu, goes from 70th to 31st. Now we're kind of, who's dropped, I guess, is the best in the very short term. Lipsky goes from 9th to 42nd, but once we update for Memorial stats, I'm sure he'll get the boost back up. Svensson, 10th to 45th, but I think that's because he's been playing in, like, strong field tournaments. Yeah. Major, elevated event, elevated event, major, the players, elevated event. So he's just picking and choosing really good tournaments. Uh, And the putter has been back. If he can just get back to this, man, maybe Svensson is the look. We'll see how old Svensson ends up doing. Uh, Who was it that I was going to take a look at? Who was this? Svensson, Ben Martin, Nasty Nate. Because I backed Nasty Nate somewhere. I think it was at the Byron Nelson. Maybe it was at Cheryl Schwab. I don't remember now. He had those two great weeks in a row. Uh, where no, it was at Byron Nelson because the dude couldn't drive. The driver's been a problem, and if you're not going to gain six strokes on approach, then it's not going to be very good from that front. All right, so that's what we're looking at. I do want to go back and just take a look at past, let's say, proximity ranges. I don't know why I looked up fairways and greens. We want to look up proximity. Bad clicks on Pat's front. So we'll take a look at the proximity ranges. 
for this week. And what do we want? We don't want to do the rolling report. We want to do, we'll do past 24 rounds just to see who's been really good from inside the key ranges that we had identified with 100 to 125 being the most prevalent SIG number one over the past 24. Davis Riley pops up again. Davis Riley was having a good week. Good round one, at least he's first round leader at Memorial. Cooch wouldn't overlook Cooch this week if it just comes down to chipping and putting. Uh, he's going to hit his fairways. This we know. Uh, and the approach play has still been pretty good. Wasn't good at Wells Fargo. Uh, all right. That's going to happen. Has had some good spike putting weeks. So wouldn't overlook Cooch. It's probably going to be one of the studs, to be perfectly honest with you. That's just how these these tournaments end up working. Uh, Rory. I mean, everything kind of points to Rory again for a three-peat. I mean, I think he was my only bet at this course last year. And he won. It was great. You know, I, I don't love laying a 9-1 to winner. But if he's your only bet and you put enough on it, it still pays pretty well. Weirsy. Is <laughs> one of the I mean that would track as well based on what he's plays. Austin Cook. How has Austin Cook been? Because the short irons are kind of his jam. Adam Long and Ben Martin as well. Ben Martin is definitely a shortlist player for me this week. Hasn't been good at all for Austin Cook, driver or approach. I guess a lot of his wedge range is like, you know, trying to get it up and down there to make sure he doesn't make quad bogey is kind of what it looks like. Paul Haley. I mean, I don't really know anything about Paul Haley. I wouldn't be able to recognize this guy. I mean, he looks like Jordan Spieth's uglier brother, older, uglier brother. There he is, Paul Haley the second. Was fifth at the Charles Schwab, all chipping, all putting. Okay. Uh, if you're going to you gain 3.6 strokes, T to green, and lost over two between driving and approach. Okay, pal. Yeah, see, if the, see how sustainable that is. Uh, but it is nice to see the putting kind of spike two of the past three weeks. Doesn't make a whole lot of cuts. So probably not Paul Haley uh, this week. Shez, very good from all these ranges. All the proximity ranges Shez is very good at. Uh, Kevin Roy again. Yagabombs up there. Sam Burns. It's like Burns, Rory, Kucher, Ben Martin. I'm going to be interesting. I'm going to talk this through with Jeff, obviously, on the Monday show to see the types of players that are going to end up there. So let's go to strokes gained overall, and we're going to go by average. And, I mean, it hasn't been that long at Detroit Golf and Country Club. Where are we at here? Where's D? D for Detroit. Detroit Golf Club. Just Golf Club. GC, not Golf and Country Club. Uh, so we're going to see the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Obviously, Bryson bombing gouged his way to a victory here. And maybe this will set up kind of the same. Again, it all depends on the rough. So we're going to look at the average per round and take a look at the best players in this field who've played well there. So Pendrith, Cam Young, Hatton, and Jagger. Okay, Jagger. Callum Terran is another one. We'll take a look at Callum Terran. We already took a look at Jaeger. Lonto, I have no idea what Lonto has been up to recently. Sneds on the rebound. Chris Stroud, another one uh, who played well in his one tournament there. Sammy Burns has played all right. Lower, I know, was somewhat recently in the mix. Norlander, I feel like I've been seeing his name recently. I don't know really what's been happening with him. Missed cut, 34th, 47th. The approach play had been very good. The driving's been very bad, so we'll chuck him out. Lower. I think he was popular as a sleeper at Colonial. Didn't really pan out, but the approach play had been good coming in. Maybe he can jump back to that. The driving was a little bit better for him that week. Sam Burns, obviously we took a look at him earlier. Lonto. It's been a tough go for old Lonto. Had a good Valero. That's basically about it for him. So cross him off. Callum Terran. Had a good PGA championship. He was in the mix after two days, kind of faded off. So let's you know, take a pass on him. 
And we took a look at Paul Haley already. And we took a look at these guys. Who else rates out well from that course? Brandon Wu? Maybe? No, no Dylon Wu this week. We'll get some Brandon Wu in our last. Svensson's played it pretty well. Let's take a look at the approach. Cooch, Svensson, Pendrith. Man, I'm going to end up betting Svensson. He's going to miss the cut by 11 billion strokes. I can see it now. Cooch, Svensson, Pendrith, Matthias Schwab, Chuck Hoffman, Norlander, Taryn Lipsky. Lipsky, if, if Lipsky has like a halfway decent weekend at Memorial, he's going to be like the highest owned guy next week. It's 7,100 bucks. Ben Ann, Jagger. It's all kind of the same guys. The approach play has been really good from these guys. Let's take a look at the putting. Putting services, relatively similar. Hatton's putted really well on them. Brandon Matthews, Weir. Why is Weir playing at the Detroit Golf and Country Club? That seems so strange to me. All right, okay, I think that's enough of looking into some of these. Time to guess the odds for the Canadian Open. I have this down to what I call the Big Ten this week for the Canadian Open. So it's Rory, Hatton, Fitz, Lowry, Young, Rose, Fleetwood, Connors, Burns, and Thigala. I'm guessing that those are going to be the top 10 when it comes to odds, and how that gets distributed is going to be strange. I will bet that they're all underneath 30 to 1 because there is a bit of a drop-off to that next tier of player, which is like Moronk, Matt Kuchar, Keith Mitchell, Davis Riley, Brendan Todd. Who else we got here? Aaron Wise, Mackenzie Hughes, Nick Taylor. You know, that type of player. Matt McNeely, Mark Hubbard, Chez Reavy, Pendrith. Like, all of those guys are kind of in a different bucket. There is a drop-off, at least in my mind. I think Moronk, I mean, I, listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend Moronk is as good as Sam Burns. He's not. He is on the tier below. Uh, maybe, and Thigallo, odds-wise, has just been in that category. Thigallo is like 45-1 to 1 to win at Memorial. He's going to be lo- less than 30-1 to 1 to win this tournament. So, it all depends on how hard I think the books go at Rory. And I think he'll be 6-1. to 1 at open and then you'll have this next little level of Hatton and Fitz I think they'll be two and three or two and two I have them both at 12 to one in my guesstimation of the odds at DraftKings Sportsbook at open Lowry and Cam Young both 18 to one Rose Fleetwood and Connors all at 20 to one Sam Burns on an island at 25 to one and then the Gala at 28 to 1. That's why I think that the opening is going to be. Now, guys are obviously going to drift as the week goes on. If they're not taking a cent on Hatton, he'll fall to 14. If they take too much money on Hatton, well, then Rory will go to 7 and Hatton will go to 9 or something like that. I think that's how this ends up playing out. I am very curious about that middle range. Lowry, Young, Rose, Tommy, Connors, Burns. Some of those guys are going to get bet up instantly. Some of, the, some of those guys are going to fall down instantly. If the Gala can straighten out his straighten it out a little bit off the tee. I think he could be really good here. And this could, this does strike me as a course where if Tommy can get it going as well, might be a very nice Tommy Fleetwood tee to green course. Need to ride that hot putter just a little bit to keep it going. Anyway, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience for the Canadian Open. We will have the research show dropping next Friday on Mayo Media Network. And all of the pod feeds uh, did a very special interview with friend of the show, someone who plays LA Country Club very often. Well, not very often, but he's played it from the tips like 10 times and played it with some Corn Ferry guys. So he has some particular insight where he's broke down the course for us, the types of players, uh, and what we should expect from LA Country Club, especially versus some of the other California courses that we're used to seeing on the PGA Tour and how this one is different from all of the rest of those. I mean, they have some similarities, but it's not uniform across the board like you see. The main part being no Kikuya grass at LA Country Club, which is 
primarily what you see at the bigger tournaments in California that are hosted on the PGA Tour. And some of the changes from the Walker Cup to now that had happened in 2017. So I'm very excited. I've already recorded the interview. Got to do the rest of the research show around it. But that'll be primed for you next Friday morning as the kickoff to U.S. Open Week. You can get in the DraftKings Listeners League for both the Canadian Open and the U.S. Open in the description right now. Smash the like and something in the comments. Something golf-related, whatever it might be. Let's help us out there. The newsletter is free to join. That's down in the description. And of course, fantasynational.com slash mayo. 20% off all your research tools that you'll need to at least make you, even if you lose, at least you'll be informed when you lose. That's always how I like to think about it when I'm losing. Good luck to everyone this weekend. Good luck at the Canadian Open. And I will see you next time. Experience! Experience!